0: So, But that's just That's where I'm at today Okay Love that Having a weird Love consistency it. issue
1: Love that and hate that for you Thank you Any hoodle we'll Any hoodle. well? <laughs> I'm not hosting this episode <clears throat> It's me <laughs> Alright we'll get started <laughs> Alright welcome back to Oh here's a little marketing for you. I'm Ellie Hicks I'm Ellen Cernko
2: And I'm John Young.
1: Um, All right. Each week, we talk about how to get the most out of your marketing as a small business or nonprofit. Last week, we started talking about um, digital reviews and feedback and discussing the difference and the importance of each. So we're going to continue that conversation today um, and kind of jump into the specifics of how and when to ask for each um, and just talk a little bit about strategy for those um, and what to kind of expect when you do start um, generating feedback and reviews. So, um, Ellen, do you want to give us a brief uh, recap of the difference between reviews and Ooh, a feedback? synopsis, if you will? A little synopsis. Sure. Yeah.
0: Also, if I would have prepared in advance, I would have pulled up my beautiful um, definitions that I created for the difference between them. <laughs> oh, look, there it is right there. Oh, 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 oh there
1: oh. it is. Um,
0: Okay. So as a recap, a digital review is an honest experience with your product, service, or process that a customer shares about your business on a major platform that is relevant to your customer base. For example, Google, Facebook, Yelp, etc. Feedback is an honest experience with your product, service, or process that your customer shares with you so that you can learn from their experience and improve the experience for next time. So there's a Big difference between what they actually are and kind of the motivation behind them um, and what we discussed mostly in our last episode is we recommend starting with asking for feedback genuinely asking for feedback and then depending on said feedback possibly following up and asking for a genuine review as well
1: um, the end uh,
0: agree.
1: lovely agreed <laughs> Um, uh, yeah, so both of them, I just want to reiterate are equally important. They do different things. So feedback, obviously, it's going to give you information for you to use to better your customers experiences. And reviews are just out there for everyone to see. So you definitely want to pay attention to both and try to generate both Um. and, and use them the way they're meant to be used. So We are going to talk a little bit about feedback first since that's what we recommend um, you doing first when you're proactively seeking these out. Um, So again, as Ellen just said, feedback is um, basically just asking your clientele what they thought about the the service that you provided, um, the products that they purchased from you, and if they might have any suggestions moving forward to give you a chance to either... Um, fix that relationship if they weren't so happy, know what you're doing well, know what you might need to work on. Um, so when is appropriate to ask for feedback?
0: I have thoughts per <laughs> usual. I'm
1: asking the class. <laughs> yes. <laughs> ooh, ooh, um, ooh, okay. Ooh, so ooh. here's,
0: sorry, John, you're too slow. No. Here's what I love about um, feedback and asking your clients for feedback is that it can be as formal or informal as you would like. Um, so a good example of like an informal feedback ask is we recently changed to the way that we go about, um, website mapping for a new, for a new website. We started using a new platform and we had a few clients that we thought would be like good guinea pigs to like test it. Um, so As we got on the call and they got to experience that new process for the first time, since it was one of the first times we were doing it with a client, I just flat out asked them like, Hey guys, like this is, you know, you're our second client that has done this process. Can you just share with me what you liked and what you didn't like about the process so that we can improve it for next time? And they were like, yeah, absolutely. And so they went into detail, which I really appreciated of what they liked, what they didn't like, like, and then maybe what we could do differently for other clients in the future. Now, that's like a really informal feedback. I'm not going to follow up with that of like, hey, can you leave a review about like this part of the process? Um, but what it does is, one, it helps me improve the process for other customers. And two, it helps strengthen the relationship between me and that client because they see how much I truly value their input, not just on their project, but on the process to complete their project. Um So, you know, I think that's a good example of like informal feedback that doesn't lead to like asking for a review. But then there are also like more formal opportunities for feedback. So, you know, like right after a signed proposal or purchase, um, at key checkpoints throughout the process. So maybe like once you send um, like the first draft of a project, you could ask for feedback then. Um, Obviously, once the project is complete, um, you know, a few months after the project is complete or the purchase is complete um so yeah there are lots of opportunities to ask for feedback it's just it's depending i'm kind of rambling but it depends on how like formal you want it to be like if you just want to like send an email like hey what did you think about this if you want to send them like an actual like feedback form or if you just want to ask them in the middle of a call um just like depending on who the client is what their personality is and then what your relationship with said client is
1: yeah i think you brought up a good point um I think when you, mostly when you think about like asking for feedback or even reviews, you're you might loop that. Well, when you're asking for feedback, you might kind of loop that into asking for reviews, and that you wait until the process is completely over. But Ellen, you brought up a really good point there of checking in during the process. So if it's something more than just um, making a one-time quick purchase, um, obviously there's not a long process there that they're working with a, a business, but. Um, If it's something that is kind of a process, like you just said, checking in kind of midway through or through each step of it to ask for feedback, not only is it going to improve that relationship and obviously, you know, help you fix what might be going wrong, it's also going to alleviate their concerns before it snowballs into something serious. So if they aren't loving what's happening and they don't feel like they can just say, hey, stop I don't like how this is going um, if you if you don't check in with them you might continue to be doing something that they don't love so by the end of it they're like I am so unhappy I'm gonna go write terrible reviews on every review site. Um, so if you check in periodically or you know at each step then you can try to fix that relationship before it snowballs so I really like that thinking about it um, not just like, you know, after the fact, but during, get their thoughts during a process.
2: Yeah. We talked a little bit about um, Young's in terms of getting feedback and we'll get positive feedback with like drips of, Hey, change this. Hey, change that. Hey, I didn't like this process. So what you just said, Ellie is like catching those little things before everyone's complaining about the bathrooms being dirty or everyone's complaining about the process or everyone's complaining about the scoops being too big or too small. Like mm-hmm. usually people usually most small businesses that are successful have uh, like 95% or plus better six, you know, uh, happiness rate, satisfaction rate. It's just those small things that you need to tweak. And if those small things don't get checked every once in a while via feedback, they become bigger things. And then they become the reason that people don't come. They're not even leaving you bad reviews. They're just not coming anymore. Mm-hmm. So that's just a serious issue. And you certainly don't want it to be, usually bad reviews are uh, a product of things not being addressed early enough and really irritating people because for the most part uh when i have a bad experience at a a restaurant or a store or with another service i don't go leave them a bad review i just don't go anymore and Mm -hmm. i might tell some other people offline like hey i wouldn't go there if i were you but that's you know it's, it's just me now if they do a really bad job and they really piss me off maybe i'll go leave a bad review but that's me personally some mm-hmm. people are just out to set the world on fire. I'm not. I'm not one yeah. of those people. I'll just. I'm just not going to give you any more money. Like you got mm-hmm. me. You got me on the first one, but I'm never coming back. But those those little <laughs> bits of feedback are helpful to continue the success of your business.
1: Yeah, I have actually a really really great example that just happened this afternoon because I went and tried uh, a restaurant for lunch today that just opened today because <laughs> I'm that person mm. um, and it was very good. So, um, but. I had this – even as we were sitting there, um, my friend and I, we were talking about like, oh, this is great. The food is great. Um, Some things that maybe they should do different or like, oh, maybe in the future they should do it this way. Like we were just chatting. So if if that business were to ask me, if the owner were to ask me, hey, how was your experience? And I provided that feedback. I might not be the only person that's feeling that way. And it wasn't anything negative, but it's like, hey, it would improve customer experience if you – instead of doing this – you did this. And, you know, they can take that however they want, if they want to just take my word for it and change their whole process. Or it might, I might be like the second person to say that and it might be a trend. So then they can start thinking like, okay, if every customer kind of feels this way, and that kind of brings us to the point of how are you, how are you supposed to utilize this feedback? So whether you ask for somebody's opinion or they just come up and tell you, because in my example, I very well could have just went up and said, you know, knowing like what I know and like thinking that I would be helpful if I just like shared my thoughts, I could go up to them just randomly and say, Hey, um, this the food was really good. I think, you know, here's uh, my opinion, the end or like in the instance of Young's, somebody might go use the restroom, bathroom's dirty. So they walk up and tell somebody and they say, Hey, your bathroom is kind of gross right now. Like you might want to clean it. Um, Are you going to act on that or are you just going to leave it sit? You have a choice there. So how are you utilizing this feedback no matter how it comes in? Obviously, in my example, they might not say, okay, guys, team, gather up. We're changing this process right now. But in the other example, they might say, okay, let's go clean that bathroom before somebody else gets in there and decides they're not coming back because our bathrooms are gross. Um, So you're not asking for feedback just to make your clientele feel heard. You actually want them to be heard. You want to make these changes or try to at least say, "Well, here's the reason that we do it that way instead of the way you are suggesting. you know, follow up and make them, you know, talk about it if it needs talked about.
0: Something I'll add here too is um remembering how um, human, your feedback process needs to be. Um, so I really love automating processes and making them as easy as possible. Um, but I just i i caution you when setting up an automated system for asking for feedback um, only because sometimes you can automate a system so much that you take the human out of it. Um, so a good example is I went and looked at a a new property that Tim and I were thinking about moving to probably like a month ago. Um, and after I viewed the property, I called the property manager and I was, um, I was extremely disappointed by the property. Like it just, it didn't match the pictures at all. And there were some serious health concerns. Um, and so I shared these with the property manager and they said, Oh, thanks so much for sharing that with me and blah, blah, blah after I got off the phone call with them, I then got an automated text message of, hey, can you share your experience with viewing this property? And I'm like, I'm a marketer. So I clicked on the link because I wanted to know what their process was. Um, But if I wasn't, I wouldn't have responded to that text because I would have been like, I just got off the call with the property manager. You know what I think. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I clicked the link and they were like, "Oh, like," or I responded one out of five. I said the property was a two. Um, And then they were like, thanks so much for sharing your experience. Do you want to submit an application to apply for this? Like after I just told them that I got a, like it was a two out of five. So it's just one of those things where it's like, I will never work with that property management company again, because like that was one of like a few like processes that I experienced with them that like they had really taken the human out of it just for the sake of automation. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think that just looks lazy personally um, when a company does that. Um, so, and then the other flip, uh, flip side of that is I don't expect you to be a mind reader, but I would recommend that you try to lean into, um, like visual cues or like tone of voice before you ask for a review or for feedback as well um, and when you should ask for feedback. So I think like one of the most frustrating things is when I'm receiving a service and like the person that is providing that service knows that I'm not happy, but they're like, they're not saying anything like, Hey, um, how's this process going? Like, what can I do to improve this process? And again, like I could take the initiative to be like, Hey, I need this fixed or like, I need you to like address this. Um, but like especially in the Midwest, we are a very polite society. So we don't want to say anything. And we're just going to like be frustrated and like not say anything. Um, so kind of like take that ownership if you can as a business to like recognize um, either by like visual cues or body language or um, by the tone of their voice that like they may not be happy and ask them like, hey, how how can I improve this process for you? Or I'm sorry, you're not having a good experience. How can we make this better? Um, so yeah, just kind of like some... Uh, some human cues that you can look for and keep in mind that, again, you're not always going to get it perfect because, you know, everybody has kind of different unspoken communication rules when it comes to, you know, their facial expressions or body language. But if you happen to pick up on them, then I would say act on them. Don't just ignore mm-hmm. them. Yeah. Yeah. And
1: I always think, like you just said, Ellen, if somebody is visibly unhappy, sending them an email or a text link after their service that's all happy, like, hey, we would love your feedback. If you know that person is unhappy, like Ellen just said, just ask in person. It's so much easier. It's so much better. It's going to make that customer feel a lot better and feel like they were actually heard because I know half of the time, um, you know, if I'm filling out a survey, I'm wondering are they even gonna read this if I like take the time to like write out all of my negative thoughts that I had are they actually gonna read this and respond to me and say like oh we're sorry you had that experience um, here's how we're gonna make that better um So yeah if someone's truly if you pick up on those cues instead of waiting until they're gone mm-hmm. go ahead and and do it now and if you can help it like Ellen said it was kind of frustrating she already kind of aired her her grievances and then got that text that was like tell us that you want to live here and how great we are basically and it's frustrating. So just kind of be aware of your process and, and try to add that human touch when possible. And another
0: part with that is like there may be this like fear of like, oh, well, like I don't want to open a can of worms. Okay, well, going back to what we've already said, you can either like rip the Band-Aid off and like ask them when you have them in front of you either mm-hmm. over the phone or – um in person, or you can wait until they go leave you a terrible review on all of your platforms. So it's kind of just like, uh, there's this book, it's called Eat That Frog. (laughs) Um, But it's this concept of like starting your day with like, the most difficult thing first that you get it out of the way. And then you can move on to the things that aren't as difficult. Because if you wait to do the thing that's like more difficult until the end of the day, um, then like, it's just like, it's going to Over you, do you all day it, yeah. and you're not gonna get it done. So kind of the same process of like either you can just like sit and wait for like the worst to happen or you can just like get it out of the way and it may not even be like as bad as you thought it was gonna be. And, Especially because like gosh, you're taking the initiative.
1: Don't you want to know? I mean, like that's my biggest oh, thing. Yes. If you're running a business, like don't you want to know if what somebody's unhappy with? Because again, if it's something like about your process or about maybe there's like an employee that is has like an attitude that you aren't seeing because you're not working, you know, with them every single day, but you have multiple complaints about this employee or about this process. Don't you want to know about that so that you can fix it? That's the most frustrating thing is I wouldn't ever want to be somebody who just like kind of brush that under the rug. I would want to know what's going on so that I could fix it. And that future customers aren't having that same experience over and over.
2: Well, I mean, we, we know a person that's in our circle, that does not care about what anyone says about their operations. And you could take that Mm. as a, that's, that's cool and positive. Or you could take it as uh, you're eventually going to scorch out the entire earth, not just sections of it. Mm
1: -hmm. Um,
2: So uh, you could, you could, uh, you could find that appealing and you could also realize that maybe that is not a long-term goal for anyone's mental health. Yeah, But for me, I would like to know. If we're not doing our job, I would like to know. It's uncomfortable, uh, but mm-hmm. you, can, you can fix it usually and get better. Because uh, if you don't, like you guys just said, they're going to leave. They're going to walk away mm-hmm. and then you're never going to get them back. Because not only did you uh, not hear what they had to say about you because you had your head in the mud or sand. The head in the mud? Sand. Head in the sand, right?
0: I think it's head I in the know. sand. But like because it's an ostrich, kind of right? Yeah, they both work. That yeah, puts their head in the
2: same. Yeah, I think, okay. Head oh, in the yeah, that
1: makes sense.
2: But so not only did you not hear what they had to say, you didn't fix it. And so we, we know from from just general business, if you hear one complaint, there's 10 other people that also had that same complaint. So if there's one person that left because of whatever you did, there's probably 10 other people that either left you or are avoiding you because of it. the same exact mm-hmm. thing. Not because they heard it from this person, just because they experienced the same thing in the same way and they're gone. So
0: mm-hmm. do Agreed. better. I, yeah, I think it's, like, also, I don't know if this is just a Midwest thing or if this is a human thing, but, like, a lot of us just don't like confrontation. And, listen, I get that, but I think maybe we need to change the mindset of, like, you're not looking for confrontation, you're looking for conversation and collaboration. So, you know, like, it, I don't think it does anybody any good to just, like, be secretly frustrated about something or to make assumptions about what you think somebody is frustrated about. Um, Because then, like, you could be harboring something um against a former customer that, like, they didn't even think in the first place. Mm-hmm. Or you could be, like, going to fix a prob- problem that doesn't actually exist because you just made an assumption that you thought that that's what their problem was, but it actually wasn't. And then you just, like, wasted a whole bunch of time and resources and f- possibly finances. So like just just ask. Like just take advantage yeah. of the opportunity to fix the problem earlier rather than later.
1: And I feel the need to reiterate this, but if you're going to ask, if you're going to seek out this insight, um use it. Please use it. So yeah. again, <laughs> don't if it's just something as it simple <laughs> as like, yeah, like if you if if multiple people start complaining about how dirty the bathroom is and you don't day-to-day take that into consideration and say like, okay, well, people keep complaining. So at some point in the day, we need to maybe make a schedule of, okay, bathrooms need to be cleaned like every couple of hours or whatever it is. If you don't do that, then the the same person who they either filled out your survey or they came up and talked to somebody and said, hey, your bathrooms are dirty – Maybe that wasn't enough to get them to you know, not come back. But the next time they come to your business and they go in that bathroom and it's dirty again, now they're going to start to get upset. And now they're going to start to talk or tell people. Um, they're going to feel like, okay, well, my um, concern wasn't heard at all. Nobody did anything about that. So that's, that's a, a small example. So if it's, if it's something else, if you're seeking out people's feedback and they're saying, um, we're not pleased with the process and you say, okay. And then they go through that process again and nothing changed. Um, that's not going to make you look very good. So if you are seeking this out, use it. It's true. It And it, I feel like sometimes we get really deep on this
0: podcast um, and we end up talking about things that are more like communications and just like organizational structure. But like all of those things like lead into your marketing. Like marketing is just building relationships between you and your Audiences, and so Mm -hmm. you know, I would approach that relationship just like you would a friendship, or even like like I'm hearing this conversation, and I'm thinking about like Tim and I's marriage. So like if, um, Tim gets in the car, gets in my car, and it's almost on empty, um, and he says to me like, Hey, Ellen, like, could you make sure that like your gas tank doesn't fall below like a quarter of a tank or something? Like that's really important in the winter in Ohio. Um, and I say, Yeah, sure, I can make sure that that doesn't happen. And then like it just keeps happening. Like that's not going to help mm-hmm. our relationship anyway. And like I heard his concern and like I have the ability to make that, uh, to, to fix that problem. And so like I could just like fix that problem and then our relationship is going to continue to like grow and thrive and flourish. So kind of try to, try to look at your like feedback and your reviews more so like building the relationship between you and your current or potential customers or just your audience in general versus just like something else on your to-do list. Because like this could be like the most important to-do list that you have of the day is improving your processes for your customers. Aww.
1: It's it's really funny that you brought that up your story because the whole time you were talking earlier, I was thinking um, like when you were like, you know, just you don't know until you ask. You don't know what mm-hmm. somebody's actually upset about until you ask. The whole time I was thinking of like relationships in my life, like friendships, even like with your friends. It's like so many things, like so many feelings, could be um, avoided if you just talked to somebody and said, like, "Hey, I noticed that you were acting a little different yesterday. Is something wrong?" Or, um, or if I'm bothered by something that somebody else did, they don't know until I tell them um I, they don't know that oh you hurt my feelings yesterday um they're never going to know that unless you say something um you can't assume that somebody else just knows what you're feeling um so that that goes both ways as a business owner you know asking for feedback but also um if you are ever in a position where you're the customer uh and somebody asks for your feedback it's imp- they're asking for a reason they're not going to know how you feel unless you tell them so uh, i guess Here's me just saying like feel absolutely free and comfortable to give us your honest feedback. We want that. We want to use that to help you and the rest of our customers. So, um so yeah, that's funny because I did have that I was having that like personal uh, analogy as you were talking as well. Client feedback is how we came up with magical marketing hours and now we have multiple
0: clients that are able to use that service because we had clients tell us that all they wanted is somebody with marketing knowledge to talk about their marketing with. Um, didn't necessarily need like content created from it, but they just needed somebody to throw ideas off of and be able to tell them based on their experience, like, Hey, is this a good idea or a bad idea? Mm -hmm. Um, And because we asked somebody for feedback, that's what we got.
2: You guys are a result of customer feedback or client feedback. I mean, not like, you know, in a, you're on the planet because of feedback, but you know, you're here (laughs) on the team because people were saying, I need this service and I, you know, I ran out of time to do some of the services and then other services. I didn't know what the heck I was doing. So I, I beget a team of payroll. So, you know,
0: stop, stop with the word. (laughs) That's our feedback for you, John.
2: No more. Okay. We won't use it anymore.
0: So how can we actually, Ellie, ask customers for feedback? Like how, like what tools can we use to gather feedback? I stole the, well,
1: <laughs> the, the, hosting, the hosting position. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> um, well, first, I, you brought up an interesting point that we don't usually – you don't think about when you're thinking of strategy, but simply asking. Like with your voice and your words, asking your, your customers and having that conversation in person in the moment when something's happening, number one. Um, I know we talked about – how automating things isn't necessarily—it um, might sometimes not be the way to go, to go. Or you just need to kind of look at the process of when these are these automations are being sent out. But if you are trying to gather feedback, um, just you know, in, in general from your client base, um, email campaigns are really great, or text campaigns, um, like we've talked about, receiving text messages for feedback. Um, that could be just. Um, a check-in once a year or um, you could set it up to be after purchases or um, whatever that might be another really good place to ask for feedback is social media um, you do have to be kind of careful that it's not going to just like start an argument on your page um, but you can you can you know link to your survey and your customer base can go take a survey um, you can talk about say you had, have a new product and you want to just kind of post about it doesn't have to be as formal as creating a survey to send out you could just post about hey we have this new product um has anybody used it yet what are your thoughts and get a conversation started again Mm -hmm. if you think it's going to be like a really polarizing conversation i would stay away from that um but if it's something a little bit more mild you can kind of get your audience's feedback in that regard as well
0: a good example about that is I recently had a client. They read, they wrote a book, and they were trying to decide on the cover for their book. Um, so they had two options, um, and so they just kind of threw it out to their channels of like, "Hey, which one do you all like better?" Um, and it really helped direct her on kind of what her main audience base is looking for um, when they want to read a book from her. Um, so that was able that that process was a great way for her to get feedback um, and then help her decide what her Mm -hmm. um, book cover should be. So it's kind of like – it's a great way to um boost engagement on your page too um and then it's also just like a great way to make your audience feel kind of included in your Mm -hmm. product or service so like if you're a bakery um and you're trying to decide between like two different flavors of like which cookie you should have be the cookie of the month next month you could throw it out to your channels and say like hey which one do you guys want us to create um snicker oh
1: snickerdoodle yeah i do like i love a snickerdoodle Yeah. (laughs) 10 out of 10. Okay.
0: Um, But then going back to the email and text campaign, just a few pointers um, that I would keep in mind is, one, try to keep it short. Um, People have a short attention span, myself included, very much so. So if it can be something that, um, you know, they can fill out in a minute or less – Or if you have, like, some questions be mandatory and some questions be optional. So if somebody wants to spend longer, they can, um, but they don't have to, then that's also great. So maybe have, like, Two to three questions that they it's just a checkbox. They choose like yes, no, or like 50% or whatever. Um, and then maybe have like one or two longer extended questions that they can just kind of freeform give you their um feedback on, um, and then just kind of call it a day. When you get to Mm -hmm. the the forms that are like multiple pages or like take longer than two minutes, then people just aren't gonna finish it or fill it out. Um, and then, you know, depending on the service you're using to gather that feedback you may or may not get those those half-completed forms. Um, the feedback service that we use, if somebody doesn't finish the form, we still get whatever they did fill out. Um, so that's something to keep in mind as well is that there are a lot of different ways that you can gather that, that feedback. Um, but I think having like a a clean um, branded form to your business is a great way to start when you're sending out an email or a text campaign. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's a great way to have something that's already a little bit automated. So you already know the questions you want to ask. But then you can be a little bit more, um, you can choose, you know, when you send it to somebody or how you send it to somebody.
1: Yeah. And something to note with that, if you are going to go the route of an automated survey or something, um, know when in the process you want to send that out or when people are going to be reading that. So and tailor your questions to that. Um, It it makes it a little bit more personal and that I'm not receiving a survey as a customer that makes no sense to what my experience with your business even was so like if i haven't even made the purchase yet or finished a process yet and i'm getting a survey that says how was your experience with us like past tense as if i'm finished um that's gonna annoy me a little bit or if the the questions aren't necessarily relevant to what i did um so as much as you can through these automated platforms Make sure your questions are actually going to be relevant to who you're sending them to or at what time. So if you are somebody that has that this is a process or a membership or something that's more ongoing instead of just like one purchase and you're done, um, maybe phrase your questions like, um, how has your experience been so far? What can we do to improve your experience so that it's better? Um, Things that aren't so, you know, finalized. And, yeah. like, you know, how was everything in the past? Or know? even if you have, like, set,
0: um, like, product buckets, if that can be one of the first questions you ask of, like, hey, which product did you purchase from us? And they have to mm-hmm. check box whichever ones it is. And then you have very pointed questions based on that product um, with some if-then statements, if you will, oh. and some com- some conditional formatting. Oh. Um then that (laughs) creates a really great user experience as well that I don't think people realize that like every single part of your process you need to think about how the actual human is going to use it yeah so if it's a clunky feedback survey if it's if it doesn't load quickly if it looks spammy if it doesn't ask the right questions like just sit there and think like, would I actually fill this out? Kind of start there and then remove right. yourself and think like, okay, would, you know, my customer fill this out as well. Yeah. So. I
2: mean, you can also, um, since, since we're getting fancy, you can also do yeah. some AB testing on your, on mm-hmm. your, you know, if you've got a large list, um, i use Young's again. We sent out a, a list to, we used our MailChimp list of 80,000 people, narrowed it down to people that within 50 miles, people that engaged with our emails. And that list was like, I want to say it was like 3,000-ish people, uh, you know, the the engagement level that we set. So we sent – we had two different versions of the same questions, and we sent those out to 10%, saw which one got the most responses or the most thoughtful responses, then sent that version out to the rest. So you can do manual A-B testing like that, or MailChimp allows you to do fancier A-B testing, but we wanted a specific response or a specific kind of response from people on the questions that we were asking. So we did it, we looked at the results and then manually chose it. But MailChimp will allow you to say who who has the best open rate, who has the best click-through rate, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, that's another way to, um, if you're unsure on how your question should be posed or the order of your questions or how many questions, A-B testing would be a way to go through that.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, okay, we have talked a lot about testimonials, and I do want to move on to reviews. However, I do want to quickly just touch on this. I think we talked about it a little bit last week, but using your feedback to—did um, I say testimonials a second ago? That's yeah, what I you wanted to talk feedback. about. You did. My, my bad. I meant feedback for everyone who's listening. What we're talking about now is going to be testimonials. Um, but when you're asking for feedback, something that is really valuable, um, and again, we talked about this a little bit last week. I think is the those customers that are really happy and have really positive feedback for you you can ask them for a longer testimonial or even ask them hey would you be willing to share a video testimony or something um you know a little bit more involved if you if you want to use that for your marketing channels or on your website um so as you're sending or receiving your feedback even if it's in person even if you're like hey how has your experience been with us and they're like oh we have loved everything everything has went smoothly take that opportunity to say would you be willing to um you know publish a testimony on our website you know whether that's written um or do you want to do a video testimony um those are really great for marketing purposes and also just you know forming, knowing who you want to form those strong relationships with in your business with your customers.
0: Yeah. So a testimonial is like, I guess just to like differentiate it from feedback and reviews, a testimonial is normally very positive. It's somebody that's kind of willing to be a champion for your brand. Um, and it's not just something on like Google or Facebook. Um, like Ellie was saying, like it can be something on your website. You can also use these. Um, I have clients use them in their email campaigns. Um, we use them for, um, graphics on like Facebook and Instagram and their Google, my business. Um, we even use them in like printed materials. Um, so like a good example for Shadow out design. We have like a one pager that explains each of our services, and then we have a testimonial from each of our clients that uh, from one of our clients that's used that service, um, just to kind of like back up, like, hey, this is somebody that has actually used this service, and you know they're willing to put their name and their company next to um, the service that they provided or that they received mm-hmm. from us. Um, testimonials are great. One thing about testimonials, I'll keep. I would remind or just want to bring to light as well is um, they do have kind of an expiration date depending on um, the content that they provide. Um, So a really good example is I have a client that they're in the medical field and um, they have these really great video testimonials um, from four of their clients. Um, But, you know, you can only share that video and share like that story so many times before Mm -hmm. you've exhausted it on all levels. You've used it on the emails. You've used it on all the social channels. um, You've used it on the website. Um, So eventually, it's going to get to a point where you're going to need to ask for new testimonials, especially because like, if you are asking your clients for feedback and you're changing your process and your product based on that feedback, the product and, and service is going to change. And so you're going to want new testimonials based on that new product or service. Um, so, you know, it depends on your business model, on your industry, on how often you should be um, adding new testimonials to your site or just to your digital marketing in general. I would say like at least once a year. Um, but if you can do it more than that, then that's great as well.
1: Yeah. I... Um, testimony Testimonials are wonderful But you have to realize what it looks like. So if you have like four really good testimonials and you're using those for like two years um, and that's all anybody's seeing are those same, you know, four people that are like, oh, yeah, this is great. It starts to look like from the outside, like, uh, are they actually great? Because we have only heard from these four people that could just be like close friends of of the owner. I feel like you're
2: calling me out, Ellie. I'm just, just, just realizing the amount of testimonials <laughs> that we have on our site that haven't been changed in quite some time.
1: No, I've
0: been thinking about that too. We added like one new one last year. Yeah. Because we've got so, newer
2: ones. <laughs> All right, thanks for calling us take, out, Ellie. We need to take yep, our yep. own yep. advice.
0: Yeah. Right,
2: listen, this doesn't post. Until, holding
0: this us accountable.
2: This doesn't post until next Sunday, so Ellen's going to have it fixed by then.
1: Yep. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, you know, obviously, you know, it's – we're all busy. But if you want to take that that extra step and look really good, um, it, it does start to – like, if somebody – using us as an example, if we want – if somebody continues to come to our website and they just keep seeing the same – like, that it hasn't been updated or there haven't been any new testimonials, it's like, okay, well, certainly they've worked with other people since then. Is no Has nobody else been happy with them or – um, you know. So, I, I, that's another reason why it's just important to kind of keep those fresh or keep adding to them. Now, if one has just been like, if you really loved what someone said about you, you can obviously keep that on your website and keep, you know, displaying it, but don't let that be the only one that just kind of stays there forever. Like continue to add to it or ask other individuals for their testimonials. Um, It just kind of gives a, a more rounded look at who you are. Or do
0: what we did and have the testimonials randomly reorder themselves every single time that somebody goes to that page, so that it looks brand new and fresh every single time.
2: Woo! Just don't. Just don't. Get just don't a really good that. web developer. Yeah, don't pound that refresh button.
1: <laughs> yeah. Smash, Sm- don't smash! Don't smash that. I'm sorry.
2: <laughs> we referenced that last night in the Scarlet Joke Show. By the way.
1: Nice. Nope. You, you,
2: you get a uh, you get a call
1: out. Love that. All right. We haven't even touched reviews yet. I know. But reviews, I think, honestly, feedback is kind of the majority of things that you have to um, really be mindful of or plan for. Reviews can happen whether you're planning for them or not. So there's only so much you can really do. Um, So it's more about how you handle the reviews that are coming in. So any last little tidbits about feedback before we move on to reviews?
0: Nah. Pass.
1: Pass. Okay. Just making sure. Um, All right. So reviews. Um, Obviously what a lot of people are concerned about uh, because they're everywhere. They're public. People can see them even if they're true or not true. Um, There's a bunch of different platforms where people can leave reviews. So um, we'll kind of talk about talk about this the same way we did feedback and that how you can plan for reviews and then how we're going to I guess, respond or deal with those reviews that we didn't necessarily plan for. So um, best case scenario, you can be proactive about your reviews and ask for reviews um, for obvi- obviously you want reviews that are going to be positive, but you don't want to just go like hassle people for five star reviews. Definitely don't do that. Um, but you do have the opportunity to, if somebody gives you positive feedback, say, that's wonderful, Would you mind going and leaving a review? So, when is it appropriate to ask for a review in the buying process?
2: When you know you're going to get a good one. Woo! <laughs> don't ever ask a question you don't know the answer to. No, I would say, I mean, you you certainly want to be honest and ask everyone, but you're going to know there's going to be certain people you don't ask for their feedback because you know it didn't go as smoothly as possible for one way or another. Well, so you ask for I, their
0: feedback, but you don't ask for their review.
2: Right. Well, I guess guess I'm using them interchangeably in this in this instance, although they're not the same, and we just went over that in two and a half episodes. So, uh, but terms of reviews, I would say um, you don't want to wait too long. Uh, You don't want to wait like six months because the person's gonna their elatedness is probably gonna have have been forgotten by then. So, uh, when we talk about reviews, I'd like to use my um, all the. All the lovely people that we had in and out of our house when we bought it three summers ago, a lot of contractors and none of them asked for reviews. And most of them I would have left glowing reviews for because they didn't ask. Uh, if they would have asked two weeks after, I would have been happy to. A couple months after, I probably would have left some for some of them. If they would have asked now, three years later, I'd be like, eh, if I get to it, I get to it. So it kind of, I guess it probably depends on what you're being sold to or what you're selling rather to when that timeline is but you certainly don't want to wait more than a couple of months that would be my guess unless it's Mm -hmm. like a larger purchase like maybe our realtor i would put in that you know that's kind of a long-term purchase the house you know ellie's future realtor our our current realtor (laughs) john levinsky (laughs) realtor extraordinaire uh you know he could it, it, it since that's a longer term purchase and you want to be like settled in with it or make like a car too like I, if someone sent me a review for a car a week after, I'd be like I don't know, I haven't wrecked it yet, it hasn't fallen apart, so it's probably good. But I don't feel uh, in love enough to give you a review, so you probably need some time. So I guess, I guess that's the answer. It, it it just depends on the the length of the length and importance of the product or service you're selling.
0: Well, there may be like two different reviews in that as well. So like you think about like construction, um, say that like you are pouring a new. Um, a new driveway for a customer, then you may want to ask them for a review right away of, Hey, how was your experience with our team? Um, and then, um, depending on, um, you know, the feedback that they give, then you say, Hey, would you be willing to leave us a review for your experience with our team? And then six months from now it's, Hey, um, how has your process been with our maintenance team? Like maybe you have a team that like, um, if something goes wrong, then like they call, Um, And so maybe there's another opportunity for a review there. But something to note, and I like that John said this, is um, ideally you'd like to ask everybody for review. Um, If you ask everybody for feedback and then, you know, the ones that they give you a more positive experience, then you follow up with them and you say, hey, would you be willing to give me a review slash give me a testimonial? One thing I'd like to keep like very at the forefront of everybody's mind is if you ask for a review you need to just say will you leave me a review on this channel mm-hmm. do not length. ask yeah do not you ask can you give five me star. a five-star review or can you give me a good review um because it's not ethical and we really like to be ethical here at shout out design as much yeah. as possible
1: yeah. as much as <laughs> possible
0: there we
2: go
1: but um, it also just sounds it sounds weird. I. Honestly, it sounds scammy. If you
0: ask for a good review,
1: when I went to, it sounds, it makes it sound weird, like that they are desperate for your review. Because I went to that urgent care that day that you guys forced me to after our <laughs> podcast because I had an ear infection. <laughs>
2: Wait a second, <laughs> when <laughs> you say force you, was that a correct <laughs> forcing or an incorrect forcing?
1: I mean, I did have an ear make infection. Sure they say, did, they sure did sure you give say me it antibiotics. Into the mic so everyone
2: can hear. It. Okay, all right. <laughs> <laughs> so you. It was,
1: yeah. it was correct. They were in the right. Okay. Um, they lovingly forced me to do it. Um, Mother Ellen over there really was going to get on me, but I went, say John's I giving
0: you a hard time, and he had a medical thing this same week that he had to be forced to take care of as yeah. well.
2: I wasn't going to not. Take you care two of just my- need
0: to take care of yourself. Are you talking about I, my eye? I just
1: don't like to yeah. go to the
0: doctor. I was
2: not going to. I was not not going to the doctor. Like I can't. No, you were I can't, like, oh,
0: I'm just going to like keep working, and you had like a huge headache, and it was like maybe you should chill. Oh. I was definitely going to not yeah. go. Oh. But- <laughs> I but
2: I about did. That. I was you guys it was a scratched eye thing.
0: No, it was a headache from the scratched eye thing.
2: Oh right. Yeah. Well, things yeah. got to get done, and I'm going on vacation, and I don't have my work done because you you told me to take off. So that's the reason.
1: Aw. Okay. You know what? That's fine. <laughs> you two, just good luck. <laughs> okay. But listen. Whatever. Okay. So back to my story. <laughs> I went to urgent care, um, and I've that was the second time I've been to this urgent care, and the first time, like, I was really pleased. It was honestly the most. Um, positive urgent care experience i had ever had so i was fine going back to that same urgent care it was still pretty good they were a little busier this time because it was like mid-afternoon um it was still fine but i heard the um the woman at the front desk who was like a nurse or something who was still like kind of going around to the rooms, to the one taking like the temperatures and stuff i heard her through the walls asking everyone for five-star reviews she's like hey Um, If you don't mind, go leave us a five-star review. And it just – the way it was sounding. And then she came into my room and said like the same spiel. She said it again when I was leaving. Um, They need thicker walls. How is that like
0: HIPAA compliant?
1: Also, yeah, because I learned that the guy next to me also had an ear infection, which was weird. (laughs) Do you
2: know this individual, Ellie?
1: I don't. Mm, Okay. (laughs) Maybe. I don't know. (laughs) Um. But no, it sounded. It just start. It sounds so. I don't know how to explain it. Um, not authentic. It sounds like they were like it was shady in a way. Like that they're trying. Like, are you trying to bury bad reviews and st- like, which mm-hmm. you know, in theory, maybe we all are trying to do that. But it just came off as very weird. As a client or um, patient, I guess, listening like they're they're like really just hounding for five star reviews instead of just hey. Um, I'm glad you had a great experience. Would you mind leaving us a review? That sounds so much better than, hey, will you go leave us a five star review? Because now I'm annoyed, and now I'm like, you know what? No, maybe I'll leave a four star review just for that comment. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Agree. So yeah. So there.
1: Um. So yeah, try to just be. You already know if they give you a good uh, a good feedback, and you say just have the confidence in your product to then just say, hey, you know. Thanks for the feedback. Would you mind leaving a, a review? And John kind of mentioned this, but I think it got talked over. Um, but leave a link to to where you want um, that review to be. So coming up with a strategy. Do you need more reviews on Google? Um, that Because those show up, you know, when you're, when your business shows up in a Google search. Those are seen. And as we talked about last week, it looks better if you have more reviews. So if you have... Even if it's like a four-star overall review out of like, say you have like 700 reviews, that's amazing. Um, Yes, certainly somewhere along the road you might you're going to get a negative review, but a four-star review out of that many is pretty good. Um, So it looks better the more reviews you can get. So if you want to enhance a certain platform, or say your goal is to get more reviews on Yelp or more reviews on Facebook. When you're asking for these reviews, whether it's after they fill out a survey or after they um, verbally give you feedback, um, send them to a specific platform so now they know. They're not just like, oh, well, where do I review them? I know they said, oh, would you mind leaving us a Google review? I can go straight to Google and leave them a review. Um, That's, yes, that helps out tremendously.
0: Another note on that, on like if if – Asking for reviews is new for you, um, and you're just starting out and you don't have any reviews anywhere. Um, again, it might it might change based on your business or your industry or your strategy, but I'd say a good rule of thumb is to start with Google um, and then probably go to Yelp next only because Apple Maps um, gets their feed from Yelp. So if somebody's looking at you, like say you're a restaurant or um, a hairstylist, and somebody's looking at who they want to go to on Apple Maps, um, their, their reviews are going to come in from Yelp um, and then go to Facebook. Um, I would say like out of the three of those, Facebook is probably the most like unstable one at this point on like how long it's going to be around and also like how influential it's going to be for your business. Now, again, you, it's not the same for everybody, but I would say like if you don't know where to start, you could start there.
1: And you also have the ability on Facebook. It, it kind of depends on how how you want to manage this or what you want it to look like, um, you can hide that function on your Facebook. You cannot receive reviews on your Facebook page and not have them visible. Um, so if it makes more sense for you to not have those visible, you can certainly go that route. But that's probably the only platform that you can do that with. Like you can't just be like, oh, well, our Google reviews suck, so let's hide them. Like you can't do that. Um so, but again, that has its downside too, if you hide them on Facebook and then people are like, well, I can't find a Facebook review. That doesn't look great. Yeah. Um, so again, it's just kind of within what you want your strategy there to be.
2: I will say Facebook reviews do show up in Google search results though. Over, mm-hmm. over uh, Yelp, they'll show up in your little, uh, I know there's a technical term. That yeah. No over right.
0: time. Like in if the, you have like a.
2: Yeah, it, it won't it takes show up in the aggregate, but it'll show up Facebook 14 five-star reviews or whatever.
0: Mm, yeah, but that isn't – so, like, say, again, um, if your Facebook page is new or it's not super active, it may not be, like, on your Google My Business card yet. Um, so keep that in mind as well that it could, like – it could take some time.
1: Okay. Agreed. Agreed. Um, so – With the ability to, you know, obviously we talked about you can ask for these reviews um, during the buying process or after. Um, There's also obviously going to be a handful of reviews that are left without you knowing about them. Um, And, you know, a lot of times those might be negative reviews. So it's very important for you to stay in tune with all of those review sites Um, there are platforms out there that you can monitor all review sites, uh, all of your review platforms in one place so that you're kind of always aware of what's going on. You'll be able to see, okay, where do we need to do some work? Or, hey, we just got a negative review over here. Let's go deal with that. Um, and when it comes to negative reviews and addressing those, um, and again, I think we did talk about this last week, but it's so important to, if you're going to be the one that is responding to those or dealing with those, it's important to take a step back first. Um, Sometimes the reviews aren't truthful or, you know, you remember the situation a different way. Whatever it is, that person is very upset about something and they have uh, aired their grievances on this public platform. And it's unfortunate. um, But remember that it's only (laughs) it's going to make you look worse if you come back in a combative way or in a, an accusatory way, or I don't believe what you're saying. Um, whether it's truthful or not, um, it I believe, and I know that this could be argued, but I do believe that negative reviews should be responded to, even if it's just a generic response of, um, thank you for your uh, feedback. Um, we're sorry that you, you had this experience with us. Please give us a call to make this better. And I think John talked about this last week of – don't have that conversation over public the public space. Um, respond so that people say, okay, they're they're doing something to better the situation. They're dealing with it. Um, they offered to let, have them reach out um, and then take that that conversation offline. So have that conversation with this person if they need if they need to talk to you about it. I mean, it might be a situation where they're like, it's not that important. I'm not going to call them about this. Um, then that's fine. You just leave it at that. Um, but if they do, then that's that's where you can really talk to this person and say, "Hey, where did we go wrong? Can we fix something?" Um, and then, who knows? Maybe they change their review. Maybe they leave another review. Um, either way, you have kind of fixed that situation. Agree. Agree. Yeah. The,
2: uh, the Google Google is interesting, where you can respond once, and the customer can't respond back. So you could really give them a. Shove it in their face and they can't do anything about it. Uh, but everyone's going to see that Facebook is a uh, infinite loop of conversation, so mm-hmm. you got to choose how to respond appropriately. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I agree with you in a sense, Ellie, to say that I also think you should respond to negative reviews, but you have to have a kind of a standard way to go at it. Yeah, so this is this is what we're going to do, and uh, like we talked about last time, and you just said um, taking it offline is far better. Uh, you can, you can have a more meaningful conversation with someone either on the phone or better yet in person or even mm-hmm. via email than back and forth conversation on chat. Cause, uh, we've all had in our personal lives texts that don't get read the right way. I, right. either, I didn't put a comment in the right place or I didn't put my sarcastic font on and all of a sudden I've made a situation that was very neutral, very negative. Mm-hmm. And now I gotta, now I gotta work for the next hour to get out of it. And so. I'm getting more stressed, customers getting more stressed. So that's not the way to go.
1: Yeah. And just it, go ahead.
0: Keep in mind that all of our advice with responding to reviews is based off our experience, but also, um, every experience is going to be specific to you and your business and your customer base. Um, so be empowered to like use your best judgment as well Um, especially because I'm just thinking about like the safety and security of your employees Um, especially like if you're in the service industry or something like that like if somebody is clearly just like out for blood um, like do what you need to do if you don't need to respond to that or like on Facebook you can report um, reviews that are like harassment or something like that then like feel Mm. empowered to do that for the safety and security of your employees and your customers Um, But like 99.99% of the time, like you can do what we've said, which is just like apologize they had a bad experience and then offer to continue the conversation on a more private platform.
1: Yeah, I have seen it too many times where a business gets really offended by a review and I get it. Um, But again, and they respond that way. They respond Mm -hmm. in such a negative way and it looks not great. So um, one last thing that I'll say, something um, one of my clients has done with, uh, it, and this was just on Facebook with like negative comments. She would send me like, "Hey, this person commented this. Is this response okay?" Because and she even addressed. She's like, "I understand. I'm really close to the situation, and I I don't want to sound like I am like." Being combative or mm. arguing argumentative, I just want to uh, address the question that might be there. And so she would send me a response and say, like, as an outsider, does this sound okay? And that's completely fine to do. If you have a, a, an employee in house that can be that person for you, or if you're working with a digital marketing agency like like us, um, I would. I know I would love to do that for my clients, um, before they just go and post like a a hateful response back to somebody. I would love to kind of be that person that just talks them off the ledge a little and just says, Hey, instead of saying it this way, why don't you just go this route? And obviously that would just be my advice. They're welcome to do, do whatever they want to do. But, um, it's always nice to kind of take a step back, take a breather, get some, maybe get another perspective on it before you just start firing off responses to people. So Agreed. Same. Okay. Any uh, any last thoughts on reviews? I
0: know we've gone a little long. Oops, that's my bad. Yeah, I feel like we'll circle back again at some point, but I feel like this is a good place to put part a pin three. on it. Yeah,
1: Ooh, put a pin in part it. Three. We okay. really could. I feel like this is a topic. It's funny because it seems it seems like it's such a small topic, but like I feel like I could sit and talk about reviews and stuff forever. Well, like Ellen it's says,
2: true. we have thoughts on that.
1: We do have thoughts. We on always that. Have many thoughts on that. Many a thought. Not a not a minuscule thought. <laughs> I was trying to work it in. Man. <laughs> a,
0: this is such a tangent, but there's a pastor around here that he used to have a radio segment, and he would say, "Not a sermon, just a thought," and it would be like ten minutes on like what he thought of like a verse that day, and I just loved it because he would end it with, "That's funny." It's not a sermon, just a thought. I love that. Feel like that's our podcast
1: <laughs> sermons about marketing. Yeah. Um, Speaking of of thoughts, (laughs) John, Jonathan. Look at that segue. Is that your full name?
2: No, just John. I don't
1: think so. It's just John? Just John. Okay, well.
2: Have you met a Jonathan with an H?
1: Yes. Yeah, Jonathans that go by John are regular John, yeah.
2: I don't think I've ever seen a Jonathan with an H in it.
1: I don't see it spelled with an H as Jonathan, but when they go by John, they spell it with an H. I I only know one... Jonathan that goes by John and they just spell it J-O-N.
2: Yes, I know three Jonathans that go by John J-O-N.
1: I don't
0: know I know all other Jonathan, it's J-O-H-N I know a John that goes by John. Not you, my grandpa. And then I know a Jonathan that goes by Johnny but spells it with an H Hmm.
1: That's a fun fact
2: That's what grinds my gears. There's too many versions of my name Okay. I don't like it. <laughs> the end. The end. That's it. Because I gotta go. No, here's here's <laughs> since we're since we're talking about uh, reviews and and directories, uh, the thing that grinds my gears. And I, I mentioned this kind of jokingly in our chat uh, a week or so ago when I was dealing with it, but it's still grinding my gears. So I'm, st- I'm going after going after the behemoth that is Google, but the other directories are also. Yeah, I just I'm just ready to get canceled, uh, digitally canceled. <laughs> I I hate. That these third part uh, these uh, these directories Google Facebook Yelp, whatever they allow other people to change your information in these directories mm. I, I get that it's supposed to be helpful like uh, a business owners being uh, not updating their directory and you know they've got this they've got different hours than what's posted there or um, they have this new menu item that I want to talk about and it's not in the directory so I'm going to let it add. I get that. Because there are a lot of business owners that don't pay attention to their Google listings. We talked to many of them before we started helping them with their Google listings. But there should be some sort of algorithm. It's almost like Google has an algorithm, and they just don't they just don't use it when it's helpful. Uh, But like uh, Young's, for example, since that's the the reason I got irritated at this, uh, Google paired up with um, TripAdvisor, I think, to add uh, menus menu links to their Google business profiles. And so what this service did was take our old golden jersey menu, which hasn't been in place in two and a half years by now, and put it on our Google listing. And people came from apparently out of town and they wanted chicken and dumplings. And we don't have chicken and dumplings, much to the chagrin of you. I know. I believe me. That that's that's my next crime I i is why don't we have chicken and dumplings? But they came and they were very irritated at us because it was on our website was the words that they used. On your website, it shows that the, I have this menu item. Why is it not here? So first of all, not our website. But those directories are what some people view as our website. So it has to be accurate. But wh- why they in- decided to change our listing without even asking us like, hey – we added these menu items that we saw two years ago on a website that doesn't exist anymore. Should we continue to have them on your website or on your Google business profile? No. Do we update our Google business profile several times a week? Yes. So should third party <laughs> services just get to change willy nilly? No. But that is the importance of keeping an eye on all these directories, at least some of the main ones. When I say all, there's like 300 of them. So there's probably like 292 that you can just disregard completely because no one uses them. Uh, but the big ones, Google, Yelp, Facebook, Apple, TripAdvisor, Foursquare. I don't know. There's probably, maybe, maybe it's five square. that are really important and then like another five or 10 that are kind of important and then just drills down from there. But make sure your, your Google profile is accurate. Uh, make sure you're checking it all the time or you get notifications when things change because you can set it to do that um sometimes but you just need to keep an eye on it because you can suggest changes for anyone's business. Like I could go to a competitor right now to their Google business profile and say these guys are out of business. Mm-hmm. And if they don't see it, Google's going to be like, cool, they're out of business. And it actually mm-hmm. happened to us. Um cuz I had a uh, when we lived on the other side of Columbus, I had a, a business office over there, our mailbox over there and then I had a mailbox over here. Someone marks uh, our old one on Yelp as closed, permanently closed, not just temporarily closed, not like COVID closed, like permanently closed. And I didn't notice it for a while because I have other mm. things going on. I, other things going on did not manage my Yelp profile because I'm a digital marketing company and digital marketing companies How don't typically use Yelp, I know. But you got to keep an eye on these things uh, because Karen's be wilding, as we say, and they're, <laughs> they're going to make changes to your profile unbeknownst to you and you got to be there to unchange those things. Yeah, I think if you
0: are going to like do one thing today for your business, it should be to go claim your Google My Business listing if you haven't Um, because there were a lot of businesses during COVID that were marked as like temporarily closed or permanently closed and it still shows up like that. And I guarantee Mm -hmm. you, you are losing business because it says that. Um, It does not take long. If you have questions or if you don't know how to do it, just call me. Please call me today. Go to the Out Design website and call us, and we can have a chit-chat about how to claim your Google My Business.
1: Smash um, that contact button, yo.
2: Yeah. Ellen's <laughs> number is 8675309. You can give her a call. She'd be glad to help. <laughs> I'm the elder statesman. Yeah. I'm allowed to quote classic rock songs. Thank you very much.
0: Any I agree little. with that. Just, Thank it, you. And it doesn't take long. And if you don't know how to do it, just – Call somebody or ask somebody who spends more time in the digital space. I guarantee you they can help you do it, um, because that will be like one of the number one things that you'll need to make sure that your information is being shared correctly across ooh, the internet.
2: Ooh, and if someone calls you, uh, says they're from Google to help you get your profile set up, they they're are not. not from Google. They are they from are not. they are from Satan incarnate out to scam you and <laughs> your business and ruin everything. So don't take their phone call.
0: Don't do also, it. Also, Amazon will not call you to confirm you making a $1,000 purchase. That's a new scam going around just for our listeners to know about. Mm, Unless you live in my
2: house, in which case there's occasionally $1,000 purchases from Amazon.
0: Yeah, but Amazon does call, call you. I wish and they would. And they're not like, hey, can you confirm that this is going to happen?
2: I think I need them to. Is that a service that I could subscribe <laughs> to?
1: Can I sign up for the scam, please? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: Any purchase that doesn't come from Are my you keyboard sure you want
1: to do this? over
2: $50, <laughs> I want to be notified of it before it goes through, please. Thank right.
1: you. Please send to me for approval. Thank you. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I need PO approval before <laughs> anything's purchased through Amazon. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, Beasy. All right. Awesome. I guess that's it.
0: Great. What grinds yeah. your gears? I feel like Thank we very good. much agree with you on that one. So it's Yeah. Well. I mean, one. Tis what yeah, it is.
2: that's what I, that's what I really want out of my employees is just a bunch of yes women. I just throw out We're good also ideas over
0: an hour. Nobody's going to listen this far in anyway. No, now. that's fine. They yeah. might. I think this was a good conversation. I know I if keep on telling our clients about it. So they're probably listening at this point and being like, I'm listening, Ellen. If you are my client yeah. and you're listening, you tell me, send me an email.
2: It's yeah. funny. If you look at our downloads, like. There aren't as many on the most recent episodes, but the ones that are older are getting aggregate bigger. So I Ooh. think someone's someone's listening to our podcast. They're just not listening to all of them all the time. Probably... So if, you, if you're still listening, smash that like button, guys.
1: <laughs> heck yeah.
2: <laughs> subscribe the heck out of it. Subscribe <laughs> twice. Sign up for another Spotify account and subscribe on that one, too.
1: I used to listen to a podcast and she would be like, unsubscribe and then subscribe again and then oh like God. months later though she was like that doesn't actually do anything my bad she, like she literally thought it did something and she's like it doesn't She's because she mm-hmm. would always be like unsubscribe and then resubscribe no so I was like do that if you want to do that but either way subscribe smash that like button send us some feedback send us some questions that you want us to oh, answer yeah. yes.
2: send us your deep thoughts
1: yeah we have deep thoughts on that <laughs>
2: mm. okay bye Bye. Okay,
1: bye.
0: <laughs> Thanks for listening to Hope Here's a Little Marketing for You, a podcast written and produced by Shout It Out Design. Our theme song is Kill the Sun by the Cincinnati based band Motherfolk. Tune in weekly for new episodes.